Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. Or is it Tiffany? <laughs> I'll explain that in a minute. Just in case you're watch, just here for the spoiler free section, I'll explain the Tiffany joke in a minute. Uh, this is a science fiction movie podcast. Uh, we get together, we, talk, we watch a movie, we talk about it. It's that simple. And we are here today to talk about The Matrix Resurrections, uh, which is the fourth Matrix movie, which has been threatened upon us for the last couple of years and has finally made its way to our eyeballs uh, over the Christmas period. And this is the, the earliest we could have possibly gotten to it. Tara was away for, for Christmas and got back, watched the movie, and we're here. We'll be back to our 70s season uh, mm -hmm. next week. So uh, look forward to... Uh, Damnation Alley next week? Yeah, Damnation Alley's next week. So look forward to that. But, uh, obviously we talked in-depth about the first three films. Um, we gushed over the original, how it's only gotten better in the in the couple of decades since it came out. It is a rich film, full of subtext, meaning stunning action, visuals, all that stuff. And then we got to Reloaded and Revolutions, and... I mean, Tara tried to be a bit more diplomatic. I just shot all over them because they're complete train wrecks. <laughs> There's stuff in there that I really like, yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I came out like proper guns blazing on those with, with, mm -hmm. with ammo in the chambers. It wasn't just firing yeah. blanks, right? I don't know out where of, I'm going with this metaphor. Out of the trench coats. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot of... I won't even say expectations, but a lot of baggage got into this movie. A lot of baggage. Because I, I wouldn't agree. say I've expected anything good. If anything, I went into this thinking, at best, it's probably going to be slightly better than the last two. Just just because it's been enough time that there's maybe some fresh ideas. But I'm not expecting... Like, getting expecting the first film is just asking for disappointment. It's just asking for it. So, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I really did not. But the, the trailer didn't do much for me. I, I can say that much. Like I, I was just kind of... Uh, apathetic towards the trailer how did, how did you feel going in how, what was your mood what was your gauge at i really liked the trailer i mean they've been playing it for in theaters like every movie i went and saw in theaters there was a matrix resurrection trailer and every time it got me pumped that white rabbit song really works so well with the with the what we know from the plot and from the original trilogy and just seeing keanu and Carrie Ann Moss like together and they look so good together on the screen or like okay like I don't know it, it looks promising like I it got me pumped and no idea what the plot was going to be or how you bring back Trinity and Neo <laughs> after the events of the third film but uh, I was I did kind of have some you know higher hopes for it than maybe you did and was looking forward to it hmm We'll see if those higher hopes panned out. We will, of course, start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we dive out of the spoilers, just in case you're holding off. I mean, it is on HBO Max, but maybe you're either not in the US or you're waiting for, I don't know, you can go see it in the theater, whatever it may be. So we will start spoiler-free. Do not fear. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to say too much about the premise because it, it was kind of intentionally kept under wraps, but of course, the trailer did make it clear that neo and trinity are in the matrix and they don't seem to remember their past and the movie was going to be about them waking up and realizing who they are and then but everything beyond that was kind of like yeah it showed us some new characters we got bugs who's a uh, uh was it colleen the blue -haired one. Colleen. 
uh, whatever get her name wrong. It's not Colleen. Yeah. No, no. She was Colleen and Iron Fist. Her name was Colleen and Iron Fist. <laughs> her name is Jessica Henwick, the actress. <laughs> that's where I was. I, was okay, like, yeah, I knew I was getting familiar. Colleen from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So Colleen from Iron Fist, which is a terrible show, by the way. Absolute garbage. Don't watch it. <laughs> but didn't see it. But Jessica Henwick, right? So you saw a lot of her in the trailer. You saw a lot of what, what appeared to be a younger version of Morpheus, uh, with our, our recent Candyman and a uh, Watchmen actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Abdul Mateen the second. So, like, we got we got a sense of things, but not really much beyond anything I just said. So, I'll, I'll just leave it there, uh, plot wise, and I'll I'll ask Tara the question. Um, what did you think of the Matrix Resurrections? Well, well, <laughs> well. Without going into any plot, I was very intrigued by where the story went and i actually thought um it was pretty good i i really like it (laughs) um it is a bizarre turn of events um but i and i actually think it's it's quite complicated especially since it is working off the original trilogy which has a lot of stuff in there like a lot of deep layers and so it's sort of building on that trilogy so you kind of have to like if you not if you only watched the first movie and skipped the sequels because you heard bad things, like you're probably going to be lost in this film. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I suspect if I watch it like a, a couple more times that my rating over or my opinion will change, but, and I'm not sure which direction it will go exactly. But as of right now, I've seen it twice and I like it. I think it's kind of ballsy and I like where it goes. All right, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be some like I don't know fear in your voice as <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I I suspect you don't. You're not on my side here. But. <laughs> so I actually also saw it twice, um, mm-hmm. and and part part of that was just because we were supposed to record yesterday, then we pushed it to today, and I thought you know what, I'll just put it on again. <laughs> so, um, but. What was interesting about watching it the second time is that it did allow me to consider certain things that I didn't on the first viewing, and my opinion on at least one element of the movie did change mm-hmm. on the second viewing. Um, and that that was basically what what changed for me was does the movie have something to actually say? Because coming out of the first viewing, I really wasn't that sure if it did. Um. Despite all the things that we're going to talk about, about what it does with plot, I wasn't so sure if it was just like, ah, oh, this is a mishmash of stuff that we can do, rather than there's actually some sort of like message or statement that can be taken from it. And to be fair to it, on the second viewing, I do think that there is a message in there. I do think it is unified, and I think it's something that I probably appreciate the most about the movie, is that there is kind of a central theme that I we're going to talk about a lot, I think, as we go through mm-hmm. the spoilers. Uh, my opinion didn't change anything else, though, and th- th- that opinion <laughs> was that it is a convoluted mess with horrible execution, terrible action scenes, in a bland visual style that looks like a network TV show. All of the atmosphere and style of The Matrix is gone. It is such a <laughs> dull-looking movie. 
like the visual you effects have gotten so worse. You are so Merovingian right now. The, the visual, <laughs> uh, the visual effects have gotten worse. Um, like. <laughs> like there's so many things wrong with the execution so here's the thing i think like the original matrix i appreciate that there is a message there and the original matrix has a lot of messaging in it um Uh but i think the execution like i am convinced that which and it's only one wachowski this time but i am convinced the original matrix was a fluke because they have done nothing (laughs) even approaching the quality of that film since nothing not even just in the franchise everything they have made that i have seen has been passably shoddy at best uh and that includes this <laughs> so <laughs> well you haven't watched jupiter ascending yet i don't think that's going to change my opinion like you think it will but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad i yes. mean you'll hate it but <laughs> <laughs> of course i'm gonna hate it <laughs> So, kind of enjoy some, it. Sometimes a movie has a reputation, and sometimes you just look at the cash. You you look at was it Chad and Tatum and Mila, and not that I I hate both of those actors, but Mila Kunis. Uh, it was Eddie Redmayne who was the worst in it. Oh, Eddie Redmayne. But just because he made a really confusing decision mm. for his character. Um, I I have a lot of plot things to because I think this this is the thing. I think the messaging in this film and the the, the core theme that it's playing with, and some of the ways that it shows that theme, are quite good. But I do think that it that it doesn't link up with a good plot or like there's convoluted reasons, like motivations for some of the characters are just nonsense to me. There's elements of the third act that I still don't fully understand. And I don't think it's because they're like, you know, like higher brain function, like I need to like ascend to like understand what it's doing. <laughs> I think it's just bad writing. I think it's just convoluted nonsense. And there's exposition monologues, there's all sorts of things going on. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to praise one thing in this fairly, fairly well. I'm going, I'm going to praise one thing and talk about the various elements that make up that thing. Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of it that it does make up, but the actual functioning plot, the characters, the motivation, the, the, the build up, the suspense, the stakes, the stakes I think are a bit vague towards the end and aren't solidified and feel because of that not that big in comparison to clearly defined stakes that you got in the original film or, or even the sequels i mean the sequels are terrible but at least it's some it's just, well they're going to kill us all if we, if, we if we don't solve this problem they're like all of zion's <laughs> going to die and so that's why we have to do the thing um mm-hmm. like there's like there's like a central character in this a sort of fairly prominent character who's now like in a power a place of power right within the humans who flip-flops on decision-making randomly in this movie for no reason, and I don't understand for the life of me why. Nothing justifies it, and I'm going to tear it apart. So, <laughs> But honestly, the, the, the worst thing is, though, is just how generic the whole thing looks, and the action is bad. Like, the action scenes, given that The Matrix was one of the things it's so well-known for is its impressive, uh, forward-thinking like you know breaking new ground action sequences this is so like although in a couple of brief moments of like slow motion which doesn't look as good as the slow motion the first film does because they just do it in a more typical style now um Mm -hmm. like the action looks like it's off a network tv show like it's just all a bunch of quick cuts it's just like crappy hand-to-hand fights it feels like it's just like a oh we have to have some action scenes so there's some action scenes it doesn't feel like wachowski wants to do (laughs) any action scenes 
No, there's actually really not a whole lot of them in this film. I mean, not as many as maybe you're expecting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there there isn't really any big set piece action either, unlike the other films. No, nah, maybe one at the very end. I, I maybe describe as a set piece, but other than that, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a chase scene for the most part. But yeah, I mean the the. I think the action is okay. Like this movie isn't really trying to give you an action film as much as the other ones were. I think this one is because of the, the, the plot of it and what the, maybe the real intention of the film is <laughs> it, it kind of um, takes a step back from all the action. And I all the action I, that's there is kind of very much supposed to remind you of the other films, but it's doing that on purpose. <laughs> I don't think any of that excuses what is there being that, as poor as it is, though. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't say there's any real, like, uh, standout, like, oh, there's no hallway, you know, beat em up scene or anything that we've seen a hundred times in other films since, you know, Old Boy or whatever. I haven't seen that film. Or there isn't, like, any anything that really stands out to me either, with the exception of some of the parkour and stunt work that's pretty good. Um that I enjoyed watching that kind of stuff on the, on the, in the film. It's not even about having standout things though. It's just that the basic action just doesn't like even just the basic like fighting that happens like should be better than it is. Uh, it's one thing to not measure up to the original Matrix in terms of how good the fights and action scenes are, but it, it's another thing to be this mundane about it. Um, it I mean, I guess I I thought oh, they were fine. It's just they I'm glad there's no like rubber people in it anymore. Yeah. Oh, my, my, my big thing is, was every time an action scene started, it was just kind of. It was almost. It was almost like watching a musical. Do you, do, do you know I don't like musicals, right? And one of the big things I don't like about them is that I just. I don't care about the songs. I don't like the songs usually, and I'm just waiting for the songs to end. The action scenes in this movie are almost like the songs in a musical, where I'm just like, this is just obligatory. It's not very good. Just get to the end of the action scene so we can advance whatever the plot is and what we're doing. Like after a while, that's how it started to feel. Uh, mm. So it has a problem. It's something that stuck out to me. Uh, the bigger thing, though, honestly, is there's just no atmosphere. There is no tone to any of this. <laughs> like everything... uh, it, it feels like the the later Wachowski films. Yeah, it's flat and brightly lit. Um, obviously, everything's shot digitally now, whereas the original Matrix films were shot uh, on film. So that's obviously a a key reason for why it looks different. But it's not just that, though. It, like so much of this is like shot in really brightly lit like offices and coffee shops and just. Like, there's a little bit more atmosphere. I, I, I thought it looked okay. I thought it was kind of a pretty movie. <laughs> it looks, this looks dull. Like, like, once it gets into like, the real world a little bit, okay, there's a little bit more atmosphere just because of what the real world is like, right? It's a little <laughs> bit different. But it just, everything looks uh, a little bit more clinical now. It's, it, honestly, it's especially poor in a movie like this, which is meant to be a sequel to something that was made from before. Because while I do think movies in general don't look as good as they used to, it's more mm -hmm. noticeable in a sequel to an old movie because it's like, well, I can directly compare what this movie's supposed to look like, and I don't think this looks. It's not even that it's different. Like, different would be fine if there's like a good reason for the difference, but I don't think well, it I mean, actually. There sort of is a reason for this one to look different. Yeah, there's a reason to look really different. There's, there's not a reason for it to look like this though, which is just the same <laughs> as every other movie looks. There's no style um... at all. I'm I'm not decrying that there's a change in style. I'm decrying that there is no style. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. Like I watch it and I can see, okay, that's a that's a Wachowski film because this is what their movies have looked like. They've always had this bright color palette since the original Matrix. 
Not since the original. The original Mystic Saga got pretty color palette. That's all we talking about. No, no. I mean, like, since then. Like, that was the last time you had that, like, green, blue, or whatever palette. But since then, their movies have been very bright and colorful. And oh, so, so since after The Matrix. Like, yeah, so it looks like that's it looks like a Wachowski film. Like, I can see that and say, okay, that's Wachowski's. Well, this, is why the, this, is why the, well, this is partly why the Wachowski films are shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, well, no, I mean, I it, it looks like their direction. I, 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 actually, let me, let me cut in here with something else, though. I don't know if mm-hmm. I completely agree with this in the sense that Speed Racer obviously was very bright and colorful. But that mm-hmm. was not generic, bright and colorful. That was stylistically bright and colorful. That was intentionally very cartoony, and that was you know for better or worse, whether you like dislike that movie, like that was, was clearly a visual style that they were going for. Uh, whereas this just feels like it's, it could be on NBC. <laughs> like that's what it looks okay. like. I mean, it looks like Jupiter Ascending, also. Um, so I I don't I, I thought the film looked just bland uh, and. You hate when I use that word, but uh, what else do I meant to use? There's no life in it. I, I thought it was kind of pretty, and like, there's a line from uh, Jonathan Groff's character of like, like so, like it's so uh, beautiful, it has to be fake, right? Holden, you mean? <laughs> that's Holden. Yes. Holden yeah. from Mind Hunter. That's 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 his official name. I, I won't oh, accept okay, this yeah. actor name. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of him as King George from Hamilton. <laughs> oh, very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess the other thing is that before you know, we will get the spoilers, but we will say there is a meta element to this movie, right? There's a meta thing to it, and I will say I appreciate what the meta thing is going for. It does feel a little unmatrixy to have such this weird like meta angle, but it's doing something different. This whatever you can roll with it. Um, I will say it makes this, it feel though. like a very personal film to Lana Wachowski. Yeah, but I will say this still. No matter how much you satirize and do meta commentary on, and I see the cat in the background, don't worry. Uh, is, no matter how much you satirize or talk about all the, the, the caveats of a reboot or nostalgia sequel or bringing something back or returning to the well and the lack mm-hmm. of creativity that is and like relying on nostalgia and all the things that the movie kind of like pokes at early on. That's all fine and well, but when the rest of the movie just does it anyway. <laughs> you're kind of negating your own like bite like ultimately it doesn't matter that you've pointed all this out if you still go and do it anyway and rely on a lot of those things which this movie does a lot of uh, i think a lot of it's satirical i think some of it tries to be satirical i don't know if it's successful (laughs) at it being satirical uh there there are some moments that harken back to the original films that i like made me roll my eyes so much in this and i and I don't, and maybe it's supposed to be satire, but it doesn't play like that. Some of these moments, uh, there, there's characters that come back that should not be back, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, like, and honestly, the biggest complaint is the same complaint I had about Reloaded. It's the biggest, the same complaint I had about Revolutions. There should be no sequels to The Matrix. It just ruins the mystique of that first film. And much like those last two films, this to me is not cat. I don't. I'm not going to think about this when I'm watching The Matrix because thinking about this happening like later in the timeline just ruins all the mystique of that film like I, I, i'm not thinking about it and honestly i don't care if the wachowski name's on this this kind of felt like fan fiction right it felt like fan fiction and this is a oh, pro- i don't think so i think fan fans would have written a very different film i think this 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 film feels very personal for no, it Lana is. wachowski it is no it, the, the key theme that's in there is very personal 
but there's a lot of this that does feel fan fictiony to me it just kind of feels like a couple of fans sitting down going but what if this happened later and then this <laughs> happened and then this happened and and it almost like comes across as and this kind of fits into the theme in a way but it almost comes across as lana wachowski like all of the stuff like dealing with how the mythologies evolved and the time difference between like the last film and this film is almost stuff she's just not interested in and it comes mm-hmm. across that way in the movie but we're still devoting a lot of time to explaining it so if the director's not interested in that stuff then ultimately you get scenes where it's just not that engaging it's not that interesting to hear about these 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 you know advancements in the world of the matrix since that last film because ultimately the director doesn't seem to give a shit because the, the whole thing's kind of almost I saw someone say this online. Actually, it has almost like a, like a what do you call it? a ship post. Like this is a, a ship post version of a movie. When like so, Warner Brothers wanted the Wachowskis to make a Matrix movie, and Lana said, "Sure, I'll do it," and made a movie about how she doesn't want to make a, another Matrix movie. <laughs> That's what this says. It's a ship post of a Matrix movie, uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I kind of I kind of appreciate that like for what it is but it doesn't necessarily make the movie overall a good movie or compelling for some of the reasons that i've mentioned i'll get into more of them as we go into the the the, the deep end of the spoilers and whatnot but okay uh. yeah i mean i i still enjoy the film like i i really latched on to the whole meta element of the film and you know i won't go into details but i i do think that uh you know even the second time watching it with that, keeping that in mind, like I noticed a lot more of what I really think is supposed to be satire. And I think even like the stuff that you don't like in the end of the film or confused by is kind of, you know, Lana taking the matrix back for herself instead of keeping like making it, um, this trivial thing that it was turned into. And like a lot of people have latched on to ideas like the red pill and turned it into this like conservative anti-woman thing. And she's taken that back as well. So I I really do think that this movie has a lot going on in it that with multiple viewings will like improve maybe how you overall see the point of the film rather than just whether or not it's a good Matrix movie. That's the thing, though. I think after the second viewing, I do get the point. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. think that makes the scenes themselves that compelling to watch, especially in the back half. I think the back half suffers especially in this regard. Once it gets to the plot of, like, oh, we have to go in the Matrix and do this for the third act and all that, like, that's where I'm just starting to get bored. In fact, I, the first time watching this, I didn't watch it in one sitting. The movie's two and a half hours long. Like, I, I tapped out and, like, had, had a break uh, about an hour and a half in because I just was like, you know what? I need to, like, go do something else. I'm getting bored. I mean, yeah, but we did that with Solaris also. <laughs> I didn't do that with Solaris. Oh, well, I did because I fell asleep twice <laughs> trying to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it's still a good movie. <laughs> well solaris is a much better movie than matrix resurrections okay i'll only just put put that out there sure. at this point all right i'll Bes- agree with that besides you're reading <laughs> subtitles subtitles can make you sleepy that's just that's just a common thing anyway uh how dare you try to counter my my point by saying oh solaris made me fall asleep <laughs> well i mean sometimes your points are bs gotta call you out on them when I'm getting, when I have to take a break because the movie's boring <laughs> and I want to go do something else, that's a valid point to make, damn it. I guess we have to go to spoilers so we can actually start talking about the movie <laughs> properly. Uh, so yes, full spoilers from this point on for The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, you have been warned. Brace yourself. Uh, here we go. 
uh why the i want to swear what why is there any version of smith in this movie like piss off <laughs> and why is he here there is no reason for this character to be in this movie it's it's because okay it's because the, in the original trilogy if you've watched the sequels which i know we have but if anyone else is curious if you're unfortunate enough to have watched the sequels yes <laughs> I mean, it's explained in there. Like, there, there's always a Smith whenever there's a when the anomaly that's stored in Neo becomes awakened and becomes the one, then the Smith also gets activated because there's supposed to be some sort of balance. So, because Neo starts to get activated in this, the program still exists for Smith as well. I would just, I would like it to be noted for the record that this was something they added and reloaded, and I said they shouldn't have done. <laughs> and I wish it wasn't the case, so yeah. I I do not accept this. Well, they had they brought they brought Agent Smith back for Reloaded after Neo like presumably murdered him. But <laughs> oh my, I, I do you know what Smith is such a great character in that first movie, and then like Reloaded and Revolutions just murder him. They just make him so lame. Yeah. Uh, they gave him a, a different look in this one though, and a different character. I don't know if I love the Smith character in this. I I just think he's so far from. You know Hugo Weaving and like remember the the one guy who like Smith goes into and he's sort of doing like a Hugo Weaving impression sometimes and oh, you're like that's it that's Smith in the real world yeah 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 I don't really see that in Jonathan Groff's performance he's more just I'm Smith but he's kind of like the Morpheus in in this world too but I don't know if I love that but I, I kind of wish he had more Hugo Weaving in him just this gauche I actually don't think he affects things that much though which is why, why I'm kind of like baffled as to why we even bothered having him because it's one thing for me to complain and think that they've ruined Smith as a character and well, he's not a good he villain he is the deus ex but, machina in the film also and he runs the the company called that. <laughs> that, that that's not an excuse to have him in the movies that he runs the company like he doesn't need to be running the company like it, and the DSX Machina thing at the end where he shows up and just happens to save the day for a moment. Like, that's whatever. But, mm -hmm. like, you could easily just write something else to make up for that. Like, ultimately... Well, I, I he, think hold the, on, hold on. Ultimately, he ahead. doesn't really do anything in the movie, right? A apart from monologue occasionally. He remembers who he is. And he has probably by far the most laughably bad moments in this film. There's a couple of moments in this with him that I hate. When he first... When Neo first walks into his office... And he quotes Smith from the first movie, mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, it, repeatedly throughout this film, it will cut to little snippets of footage from the, the original trilogy, and mm -hmm. it like it was needless and pointless, like ninety nine percent of the time. There was one moment that I really needed it, and they didn't put it in there, which was like, <laughs> one of the scenes in Io where the girls like, or not Io, but when he first gets on the ship, you know, first gets on the ship, and she's mm. like, "I'm so and so's granddaughter." I'm like, "Who is that again?" <laughs> I think that was uh, the love triangle with Morpheus. That dude. I think that was. Uh, Okay. I think that was him. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martian Manhunter? Yeah, right? Martian Manhunter. Yeah, yeah that okay. That's him. <laughs> right, so there's that moment. But the moment that really made me, like, especially in the second viewing, because in the second viewing, I'm just sort of like, I can sort of pay attention to details but more because I'm not just taking in and following what's happening. But the moment where, like, Smith awakens and realizes who he is, because he also doesn't know who he is. He's just, you know, mm -hmm. a company boss man. Um, The way he yells out, Mr. Anderson in the slow motion <laughs> as the, the the sprinklers are on in the in the office, uh, it just makes me laugh. It's so terrible. Oh. <laughs> it's so I didn't terrible. Laugh at it. I thought I thought it was kind of cool because it transitions from there to um to him be to Neo being in the office with um, Neil Patrick Harris. So it's kind of like a bizarre scene. Like what the hell's going on here? That it 
didn't make me laugh. But I, I, I can see, I can see why. I mean, not only did it just sound and look stupid, but it's also again, it's the nostalgia of member in the first movie when the sprinklers are on and he's, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're, they're rescuing Morpheus. That scene, like that, that's kind of what the the sprinklers are meant to kind of make you think of. Like that's just what we're doing uh, with this. We're giving them like little details to trigger flashbacks and possibly wake neo up that's kind of like mm-hmm. what's going on um but yeah i i i honestly like i have nothing almost else to say about smith other than i just thought and i like the actor well enough but i, th- I think uh his presence in this film is not needed it feels like just a- an extra layer of service maybe you could tie it into the theme about the idea of him being kind of this like necessary evil that he needs to be around in some form but i uh. Sure, I think I think he's there mostly because they sort of wrote that into the the trilogy that Neo, Trinity, and Smith are all sort of connected by this anomaly, this code that's been put into him. So, like, I I think you can't because of the the lore that they build up with that, you can't really have Neo without Smith and Trinity, based on those two sequels. I don't think people would have cared that much. And what what you're really describing is is they wrote themselves into a corner. <laughs> Yeah, so they included Smith, but I think he's also there as a bit of a, like, yeah, like a, a parody of like modern films and how you have to bring everything back. Uh, he doesn't come back the same; like he's very different. Yeah, I, I guess it's that thing though. Where, like, the satire works to a point until you're just doing it so much that well, it doesn't really matter that you, you're trying to claim it's satire. Now you're just doing it. You're still doing all the nostalgia pops. You're still doing all the moments that harken back to specific yeah, but moments that's the in the point of the film. <laughs> That doesn't make it fun to watch, though. It doesn't mean that doesn't change the fact that I'm sick of these nostalgia sequels that have infested Hollywood for the last five years. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's kind of fitting that this came out at the same time as like Spider-Man and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, I would say they're both better movies than this, though. Well, well I mean, Spider-Man is definitely a better movie than this. Spider-Man was a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, there was stuff in it I didn't like, also, but in this one. Uh, Oh, I concur. But Spider-Man's got a better is a better executed story, though. Like it actually makes more sense. <laughs> and like the the the, the execution is is better. Uh, I think sure. than this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the movie like so the first chunk of the movie there's, there's a lot of intro, interesting bugs and stuff. We'll get back to that. I think in a bit. Let's just start with Neo and like what he's up to in the Matrix. <laughs> so. He is actually a game designer in this world, and he made a, a game trilogy called The Matrix. So in, in The Matrix universe, there was a Matrix... Mass Effect. There was a Matrix <laughs> trilogy of games. Do you actually think the Mass Effect is definitely like The Matrix? No, I'm okay, just saying, just, like, just checking. He's, he's, like, praised for this, yeah. uh, for this popular science fiction game trilogy that's life-changing. Yeah, but, but I mean, specifically, it's like, um... Like, the story seems to be exactly what the original trilogy was, because they reference mm-hmm. it re- repeatedly, like, when they're talking about it. Um, but, so it's this meta thing where and he... And a disappointing third film. Just like Mass Effect 3. I've never played the games. <laughs> Mass Effect 3 has a slightly wonky ending, but it's great up until that point. I, I like, Mass Effect 3 shits all over the Matrix sequels, okay? I'm just going to say it, right? I'm not right. having this... <laughs> this baseless slander. <laughs> I'm not slandering anything. <laughs> you said it, okay? You said I'm it. I'm just saying this is the yeah, this is the Mass Effect of this Matrix world is the Matrix. I don't think you have to compare it to anything. I think it's just the Matrix of this Matrix world. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
fine. <laughs> the medium is not really a big deal. I mean, it's just... It is hilarious, though, that he's been given awards for his Matrix game, and I'm pretty sure it's the same as the game award that he got for, like, or I don't know if he won. He might have won for Cyberpunk or something. Oh, I don't know. But I um, I think the reason why it's a game series in, in the Matrix, for the meta reasons and not a movie series, is because matrix and a video game means that he's coding things and the coding <laughs> things fits into the idea of coding them because i mean let's just get to it the morpheus in this movie is not like a time traveled morpheus or a reborn morpheus morpheus in this movie is a fake version of morpheus that neo created for his game kind of uh and he's like sort of like left it there for like you know matrix like you know hackers to come in and like take him out and make him real or real in the real matrix but not real in the real world although he kind of is because they have this nanotech stuff to go on but anyway <laughs> i'm jumping ahead the point is is that it's, it's plot relevant because the, the the morpheus he made in his little fake world which is mimicking the matrix movie uh does get taken out by the new what, what do, do we have like a name for the like the characters who go in and out of the matrix do we have a name for those types of people I mean, are they still red pillars we never called them that before well, that's what they are, though, right? They're the ones that took the red pill. They are, but you said that as if that was a name that we used to, like, we used in the previous... <laughs> we, we have never said that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because of all the red pillars online. It makes me think of it now. <laughs> I'm so much more aware of this red pill, like, Reddit <sighs> group now than I ever was before. I'm not aware of it at all, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. Oh, man, they do not away. like women. I'm quite happy staying away from it. <laughs> um, uh but, oh, man. So, so you've got Neo working at a game company, and the meta thing is is that uh, Smith, who's his boss, says, hey, the, the higher-ups at Warner Brothers... Uh, they, they actually say Warner Brothers, right? They, they mm-hmm. say, yeah, the higher-ups yeah. at Warner Brothers want a Matrix 4. And Neo's like, oh, I don't know about that. And he's like, no, I know you don't want to do it. I know it's like it feels like a return to the cash cow, and it's not creative, and it's not all that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he even says, like, uh, they're going to do it with or without you so do you want to get now, involved or not while i do like the theme that this is poking at and i'm about to talk about that in a second i i do think being this explicit with it <laughs> and having a matrix trilogy and wanting to make a matrix 4 or not wanting to make a matrix 4 is like a, maybe a little like too on like there's a way to do this theme and get this point across without beating us over the head with it by directly just saying it as explicitly as this it does take you like (laughs) i mean you're sort of picking up a little bit on the meta because you see him working at his computer and you see the matrix code going you're like oh is he like honestly what is this and then like once once jonathan groff says warner brothers you're like okay so this is just straight up yeah Honestly, Wana Wachowski is Neo in this movie. Them actually saying Warner Brothers and them actually having the Matrix trilogy as the games, I think that's what makes this feel like fan fiction to me. Because I, I think that the correct way of doing this <laughs> is to not use the actual terms. Because I think all of the other stuff in the movie that builds on this theme, right? So mm-hmm. to break down what the theme of this movie is, is the way I see it. Right, it's a good time because obviously Trinity's in there too, and he runs out to her in the coffee shop, and she's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enticed by this lady who's named Tiffany." That was that was the joke earlier because she's called <laughs> Tiffany. Anyway, uh, basically, when they sit there and talk after like an initial awkward meeting, because she's got like a husband and kids, right, in this matrix, um, she asked the question, "Hey, I googled you. I played a bit of the game. Um, is there any of you in the main character?" 
And this is a little on the nose, but I appreciate this one more than anything else, because this is like, this is the director saying, yes, there's some of me in the main character, which is also true of the film. So in, in this movie, Neo represents Lana Wachowski, and Neo has fallen out of love with making what he loves. He, he's fallen out of love with his creative passion and making, in this case, games and real world movies. And mm-hmm. Trinity represents that creative passion. So this is about finding and reconnecting with his creative passion. And there's a lot of things throughout the movie that kind of reinforce that theme and that idea as it goes on. Um, it justifies a really big weird twist at the end, which I think works thematically, but is a little wonky and like actual plot details, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, like you can kind of make it work, but it's more of a thematic decision than it is a, like this makes sense because of what we've set up in previous movies. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, so I think there's a lot, and there's a lot of lines in, in this conversation, especially uh, talking about um, like ha- like him putting himself in the, like a lot of the character in the game, maybe too much. Um, the the fact that he doesn't want to make a fourth one, all the scenes like the montage of all the, the interns talking about, oh, this is what we should do for the next Matrix. What, what, what makes the Matrix the Matrix? And they're all and it gets super meta. Yeah, this like brainstorming meeting where they just keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah, billet time. It's all about billet time, and yeah. they, they talk about you know various other elements of it. It should feel original. It should feel hard hitting, and all that. And there's a lot of like things about in the movie that point to like you know stuff starting to feel like it's lost its its identity. It's just this corporate mm-hmm. thing now. You're just churning out a product. That kind of sentiment. they turn something that they loved into something trivial. Yeah, you know, that that, that used. lines in there yeah. too. Yeah, that lines in there trivial. Um, and you get you do get the impression this is Lana Wachowski t- talking about the Matrix and saying there was all this passion for it and it became all this. What's a bit weird about it to me, I, just to think about the real world. This is not really about the movie, but is like mm-hmm. at what point did this feeling kind of? I mean, obviously she felt this way about being asked constantly, probably to make a fourth one. Mm-hmm. But I never got the impression they didn't want to do a two and three. That kind of felt like something they wanted to do at the time. Am I am I wrong in saying that? I don't know. I mean, two and three, one feels very much like a standalone movie. And then mm-hmm. two and three came out a few years later, back to back. And they they do feel rushed and they do feel like, well, we have to build on this mythology. How do we do it? And so like even I think in the film, in this movie, they say uh, Neo at one point says that they they never really thought about franchise when, mm. you know, when they made The Matrix. So, so maybe it was, maybe, maybe it was yeah, something maybe. like, well, okay, we love this thing. How can we expand on it so that it doesn't, you know, leave us and go into somebody else's hands at least. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is almost like, I mean, maybe, maybe she's spoken about it before. I mean, this is not a revelation, but I, I've certainly not heard anything about, like, we, did, we didn't want to do a two and three and we kind of felt pressured into it or we felt it was our duty to do it because of just the way things work. But I wonder if like this is almost like a stealth. Like I'm finally kind of admitting that we never really like had like we never had at least had the time to really properly think about what two and three should be, and it kind of became what it was. Although it's a little bit weird that this movie does reference so much of two and three because uh, it does. As we get into it, the does plot. it's not just a sequel yeah. to the Matrix. You know, the one everybody loves. It's it's definitely like like I said before. If you haven't watched the other two films, which I know people who haven't then, yeah, you'll probably be lost. Like, oh, there's a lot going on. Can I, I just want to put, put this out here right now. I don't think it's worth watching the other two to watch this one. I think if you didn't want to watch the other two, you're fine skipping this one too. You don't, <laughs> yeah, me, I mean, you don't need this it. is the... 
I, I got like new nightmare vibes from it. So like you wouldn't start with that version or like go from one to, you know, new nightmare. You would probably watch the other like, ones. I, I think the matrix is going to still be a movie that at least by myself, but I, I think it's a good number of people are just going to recommend the matrix. They're not going to say, watch the whole franchise or watch all the sequels. They're going to say, watch the matrix. And if you really want to, sure, go ahead. But like, I, I yeah, the first I, one is like for me. The first one's a yeah. masterpiece, and I, I think that's still true here. I, I, I don't think. I mean, maybe, maybe so, I mean I have seen like a couple of like extreme reactions online. Where, like, oh, this is the best one, and like piss off. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's the best of the sequels, I think. Uh, yeah, I, supp- I suppose I agree with that. I mean, it, it has the weakest action of the sequels, but it, it it definitely has the best theme and ideas of the sequels. Uh, and I there's no rubber people. I think the execution is extremely <laughs> flawed, but. Uh, yes, I, I think, you know, if you're boiling it down to things, yeah, it's the best sequel. I mean, yeah, there are definitely times where I was scratching my head after, or during and after the first time I watched this film. And even the second time, I'm, there's some parts I'm like, I don't know, I, I have to think about that. I'm sure it makes sense. <laughs> I just got to think about it in my brain. Yeah, is, but it's, you know, it's not like smooth. a David Lynch, I need to think about it. It's more like this is a bit convoluted than the script. It, it feels like some stuff get edited out. It definitely feels like the stuff that's like cut. In fact, maybe that's why Smith feels so like like, like not as essential to this, because maybe all the stuff that made them more in- integrated got cut mm-hmm. for various reasons. Maybe. Um, I don't really have that much of a problem with Smith like you do, but... Uh... Oh, is that the only thing I've got Perhaps. a problem with? Don't, don't you worry. I've got more to complain about. Like, we're not done. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> we're, we're not done. I'll, I'll, we'll come back and touch on the theme as more things come up that, that tie into it. But there's definitely a number of things throughout the film that kept tapping back into that theme. And that's when I was enjoying it a bit more than the second time than I was the first time. Because the more I saw things tap into it, I, I at least felt a creative vision. Even if mm-hmm. I think from a, a directorial point of view like the actual making of the movie it, f- it feels kind of phoned in but at least from a, a conceptual point of view it feels like there's a good idea there and it feels like there's like passion behind yeah, it like oh you have to bring about matrix 4 how are you gonna do it you know okay well screw you warner brothers i'm gonna you know make fun of you a little bit in this one <laughs> yeah. i think it's a, i think it's a neat thing to do it's just to go meta with it though it's a it is a neat thing to do. i think the, the core idea is great i it, it's just like I just wish it was a better movie. Because <laughs> it isn't that good. That's the problem, is that the idea there is great, but the movie's not that good. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> You're being far too forgiving. Far too forgiving. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, th- This is something that, like... Because all the things I didn't like about it the first time were either equally bad or, or even worse <laughs> on the second time. Even though mm-hmm. there was the one thing that was much better on the second. So, you know, the... It's, it's just it's, it's too mixed it's too mixed at best uh, i i really i love the moment especially because it's like right after we get the warner brothers line where he's in this like brainstorming meeting with all these young npcs really who are trying to like what is the matrix what what made the matrix great bullet time or mess with your mind and it's just like this repeat and it's during like the the song like from the trailer the the white rabbit song that everybody likes and it's it has this like constant loop that you're watching Neo go through also. And like, it's like, yeah, like everything's become mundane. Like he is trapped in the matrix because he made the matrix. If you uh, were looking forward to seeing Keanu Reeves taking a dump, uh, you get to see that during this montage. You also get to see him pretend to do bullet time in the shower where he sort of leans back and starts putting (laughs) his arms back. 
I so, mean, he's wasted a lot in this. <laughs> he is not the same Neo at all. Yeah. This guy has got, I mean, a, a lot of it is <clears throat> gaslighting, but like he's... Um, well, he's, t- he's taking know, blue he, pills. He gets his prescription and he's just got like a bag of blue pills. So he's just taking blue pills every day. <laughs> yeah. And drinking. Yeah. And he's... <laughs> right so he's uh he he's quirky he's he's not he's very unsure of himself he's uh he's got like these uh these these little ticks that he has to do it's it's a very different neo like neo is he's got zero confidence in yeah this i mean the, the big plot thing is that he when he when he does have like a flash or he remembers something from his real like past his therapist played by neil patrick harris you know convinces him that this is these are delusions this is not real and you have to take your medication. Yeah. You have to like do these exercises to convince yourself that this is fake, and so on and so on. Uh, and I wonder part- if this is this is still like a, a leftover from the the whole, you know, trans uh, lens that we watched the first movie with, of someone being told that oh, this sure. is not this is not yeah. a real feeling. Like what you have is. You think you're supposed to be somebody else, but it's actually your head that's wrong. I didn't really think about that too much during this, just because like we've already been through that journey, so this felt a bit different in that it's like... Yeah, the the yeah. little whatever meeting group groupthink project going yeah. on, they do bring that up in, in, as one of the... What is the Matrix? Oh, it's trans politics. Oh, it's uh, capitalist exploitation commentary. Yeah. <laughs> All the things we talked about in the first movie review. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and this is all spurned on because at one point Neo, like clearly in a moment where he remembered who he was, tried to jump off a building, and they sort of like the way the therapist talks about it, it's like he tried to commit suicide. But when we hear uh, Bugs, who saw this, this was actually the the event that kind of woke her up a little bit in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she saw him do this, she, she said that you know he didn't fall, implying that he, he flew, and this was kind of like her awakening moment. Um, it's worth also mentioning, this is not actually something that's brought up that much in the movie, it doesn't really seem to matter, but, like, Neo and Trinity, like, don't look like Neo and Trinity to everyone else, they look like, you know, he looks like a sort of balding old dude, and she looks mm-hmm. like someone else, and it, I almost started to wonder, like, why? Would anyone care? No I, one seems to give a shit. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, I, I think it's more like, so, people wouldn't recognize him, but the only people that would probably recognize him are, like, Smith and Trinity, who see him as he is? Oh, I, I get. Oh, maybe it's for the people who are coming out of the Matrix though, like the uh, the hackers and stuff. Like maybe it's them. Oh yeah, that's true. Because she, yeah. she did, Bugs does say like it took us a long time to find you because you yeah. didn't look like you. So <laughs> it was more about hiding them from them. Okay, okay. I I, get, I just I thought they'd play with that a little bit more, but I guess it was just there to explain how because, they, they took well, so long yeah, to find them. Yeah, because when Neo and Trinity see each other, they see each other how they really are. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the one sort of. Th- thing that comes out of it is that when trinity's talking about looking at the game she turned to her friend and said hey do i not look like her and mm-hmm. the guy laughs and it's sort of meant to be this like insulting That's thing chad it's her husband chad <laughs> uh, what a great name and but you know it's, it's meant to be this like almost like laughing because oh you're not as beautiful as this like you know fantasy character but in reality yeah. like he she's a, she, she literally just looks like a completely different woman <laughs> yeah to, 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 to him um but like it kind of plays that way, and that's how she kind of like she says, "Oh, I laughed as if it was a joke, but I kind of hated it." And she foreshadows something she does at the end. She says, "I wanted to kick his jaw off," <laughs> what she yeah. actually does to Neil Patrick Harris later on. Um, I wanted to hurt him just a little bit. Yeah, um, I think that, that's maybe the other thing that um, I probably didn't like as much in this movie is that the actual like awakening of, but and it's at the very different points in the movie, but the actual awakening where Neil kind of realizes who he is and remembers 
and then when Trinity kind of like realizes who she is and remembers. I don't think those were as interesting as I thought they were going to be. Like, I, I thought I thought there was going to be, like, you know, good big moments where it was like, oh, now he's Neo again, and he remembers. And it just it kind of felt a bit more just like, oh, yeah, he seems to remember now, I guess. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess <laughs> well, we're just it's, going. Well, it's different in this film because he gets these flashes, and then but everyone's telling him, no, like, it's not what you think it is. It's just you are just so into your game that you think that you are him. Oh, yeah, yeah. But and I so, mean, I, so it is a bit more gradual, and then it's Morpheus that tells him, but like, he still rejects it. But I'm saying less about remembering, because like you say, there's already flashes of things happening, and he's confusing it with the game, which is kind of there to confuse him in general. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, a moment where he believes it, right? The, the moment where he, like, says, yeah, I am Neo, this is my past. Yeah, he, he literally just says, like, F it and takes the pill. <laughs> yeah, he, there's not, like, a good moment where he, he sort of, like, has to believe, and like, so much of that first Matrix movie, like, was, like, he had to sort of take these leaps of faith. And probably, actually, mm-hmm. one of the little things in this that I do like quite a bit is that later on when Niobe, we'll get to her properly in a minute, but later on when she says, I never believed in the one, I actually kind of like that he just goes, yeah, me neither, really. But, mm-hmm. like, and then to counter, just to add on to that, later on when he's talking about going to save Trinity and t- people are saying, yeah, but she kind of has to want to come out. She has to want to wake up. She, she can't just take her. Um, He says, well... Like, I never believed I was the one, but Trinity always believed in me. So now it's my turn to believe in her. I really liked that. I thought that was a nice sort of play on themes from the original movie. Um, and yeah. well, I never really, like, I, I said this back in, like, Reloaded or Revolutions, whatever one it was. I did say something along to the effect of, I think the romance works in the first movie as the device that it is to, like, get to the end of the journey. But I don't think it was, like, strong enough to really base the entire emotional core of the sequels around this romance. Because I don't think I care about them as a couple as much as that those movies do. And I still have a bit of a problem with that in this one, but I do, because it turns Trinity into, like, and Neo into this, like, these devices for the theme, which is the creator and the passion of the creator. And that's Mm -hmm. what the the romance is, effectively. Uh, It worked for me better in this one in that, on those terms, because it meant something more impersonal. I I love seeing them together in this. Like, even in the trailers and stuff, I'm like, oh, there they are, the two of them. Like, it does work for me, and I, I think I do have, obviously, there's, going to be a lot of nostalgia at play for that and you know can't can't blame me that everybody goes through it but i i was invested in the romance from the trilogy yeah i i wasn't so so like the, the tease of the romance at first didn't do much for me and this is probably why it worked a little bit better for me in the second viewing because i was thinking about it in the thematic terms and what mm-hmm. they both represented which made it far more in- interesting to me because so you weren't like really hurt when like chad showed up and her kids showed up to like interrupt you know, oh, no, I, no like... I just I just groaned because it was the obvious drama like trick to pull. I like the, that. I like that agents now are just like these NPCs that are placed. Oh, no, 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 no. To... I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'll talk about okay. Trinity still. Like, like the romance. The first time I watched it, like I didn't feel anything from it because most of the romance I associate with the sequels more than I did the first. Like, yeah, they, they, they kiss and they say I love each other at the end of the first movie, but like the actual romance, the longing to be with each other, him taking these big risks to save her. All of that stuff. It's all from Reloaded and Revolutions. So the romance alone, I don't give a shit about it. But on the second viewing with the, like what they both represent, that that made it far more interesting. And it kind of like, and that's actually one of the things that I like about the theme is that what's one of the things that stops someone from loving and pursuing their passion? It's kids and a spouse. <laughs> who, like, tie you down to the normal yeah. everyday life. So I like that that's kind of what's keeping her away from, like, being part of, like, his life again, is 
Yeah. Admittedly, though, when the husband walked in the first time, I was like, of course, yeah, of course we're doing this. And I just, I, I just, I don't need to go through it. And luckily, they didn't really play into it too much. They almost ignore it, honestly, until like the very end when it kind of mm-hmm. comes up again. But, uh, yes. But yeah, you were saying about the, the, the agents, that some of the, the, the rules have changed in the Matrix. Yeah, I like that they are just, they're just, they're like NPCs that are put into the lives that are purposely coded into the lives of, um, of uh, I don't know what they're called, sentients I mean, or whatever. They're, they're, uh, they're, to... they're sleeper agents, basically. Yeah, they're sleeper agents. They can be activated at any time, but mostly they're just programmed to keep you in your routine, to keep you down, to keep you from it, reaching your potential, much like uh, the Matrix was in the first film. But these ones are done very specifically. and I think More hands-on. Yeah, I think his boss is like also a good version of that. Like, like he just comes off as this person that you don't really want to be around. Not not Jonathan Groff, but the the other one that's very that's with him throughout the beginning of the film. Oh, um, that's not his boss. I think that's he's like. I think it's maybe like he's like intern or so, like he's assistant or something. Uh, he's he's somebody who's close to him. I thought he was like a. I don't think like he a, ranks another him. Boss. I I think he's the he's the grunt who goes and gets his coffee <laughs> and wants okay. to be pally with him, right? <laughs> Okay, he's he's more the Klingon, not 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 Klingon Star Trek, but the the clinging on friend. <laughs> I see. Okay, yeah, he does. Yeah, brown nose to him quite a bit, so maybe you're right. But yeah, it, it's always like every time like Trinity and Neil like start to get close, somebody like comes in and interrupts them, and it's always like, oh, it's you know, it's it's work, or yeah, it's my kids, or it's you know, my husband. Like obviously, he would have a problem with it, but like. I, I don't know. I just I, I I liked the use of the NPCs in this. Like the Matrix is literally just people this time who's keeping you from reaching your potential. Yeah, and not everyone's an NPC though. It's not everyone. No. That. It's more like it's almost like every family or so has a has an NPC like associated with them to keep them mm-hmm. kind of in line. We'll, we'll talk about more of those themes as we because I think that comes with Neil Patrick Harris's big speeches at the end. Um. Uh, other rules that have changed in the Matrix, they don't use phones to get in and out anymore. Uh, landlines, they use reflections, mirrors. They go through the looking glass. Not cool. Um, which is okay. I, I, I will say this, though. I think they they could have like made this clearer earlier on than they did. Because I felt like... Because the, the opening of the movie, which is like, we're not actually in the Matrix. We're inside the... What do they call the it? The modal. The modal, right? So they're inside like a, basically a test beta version of a new game. Uh, which Keanu Reeves has made, and it's just the first Matrix movie, where it's right out of the fact that it's the cops coming in to see Trinity, and then she runs, but things change. And somehow our hacker characters can also go into this, not just into the Matrix, they can also go into the, the game within the, the, the Matrix. Yeah. So just roll with that, sure. Right? And well, they said that they hacked into it. You know? And that's how the movie starts, right? That's how the movie starts. It starts with, with bugs interacting getting caught and for some reason young morpheus is one of the agents but then he starts to like wake up and he ends up helping bugs and they're like hey you know i'm i'm you know i have this urge i have to i have to find neo that's like the one like impulse i have um mm-hmm. and she hugs him and she's like yes yes let's go let's go find neo let's go do this um and that's it but when they escape they, they run out of a window Right, because the because this is the other thing is the the controller, the one who's like talking to them, like he can actually appear. It isn't like he can't interact with Ethan in the Matrix like they can, but he like appears almost like a hologram next to them and, and talks to them. Uh, mm-hmm. So you see that, uh, but he says jump out this window, 
and they jump out the window and then like they shatter through a glass into matrix code and then it cuts to like keanu reeves properly and i was like wait how did they get out what just happened there i, I don't think like it was kind of confusing <laughs> uh and it wasn't yeah until... i don't think you're supposed to understand it like right away because like, it wasn't it's not until later on that they explain it yeah which, which which would be fine but I, I i don't know if i ever felt like it just felt like there was a lot of individual moments where they started using mirrors I was like, oh i guess they use mirrors to get in and out now i guess that kind of makes sense now but mm-hmm. uh, it felt well, like something when morpheus shows up to, to take neo for the first time he like points out oh this is the mirror that we're going to go through to get out of here and oh, then I when see, they I actually st- get him out it's through the, this tiny mirror in a train well, that was the thing. I never took that as him showing that's how we get out. I took that as him showing him, look, see, Matrix, not real. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Because he's not believing him. He's not believing that this, this weirdo in the bathroom who's shown up in the bright yellow suit <laughs> yeah. is, is, there, is talking sense. So Morpheus he's like, is got so much style in this. I love all of his outfits. <laughs> and he's kind of like the comic relief in this, too. He's, he's very funny. Yeah, um... Although him like doing the like he does the line that Morpheus does in the first Matrix and then sort of laughs and goes oh I couldn't resist doing the reference <laughs> at like, last. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean that I mean honestly the like the setting up of that new rule was a major quibble. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a big complaint, but it was it was just something that wasn't clear at first to me. Okay. But um, so yeah, that, that's 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 the big things mainly that's changed in the world. Um, in in terms of like stuff that I I feel is a bit wonky plot wise i like i guess that thematically it's just a case of like neo won't have his full powers until he's completely like in, until the creator and the passion are completely reunited but i do think it's kind of weird how he conveniently has all of his bullet stopping powers and he can do you know waves of blast and stuff he just can't fly and they, they do like a little joke moment out of it where like the one guy who's kind of a fanboy is like hey can you uh can you still fly? And he tries to do it and it, it just doesn't take off. And yeah. he's like, nope, that's not happening. And I'm like, but why? You've got all the other powers. Why, why is that the only one that's not back? I think, I think it's interesting that his powers only seem to come back when he is going to save Trinity. When it, mm. Whenever, like, because even when he's, like, started, sort of training with Morpheus, like, okay, we're going to put you in a very familiar situation also so that the fans can have something but or, or Peter can roll his eyes at. But, like, and it's not until like he's getting his butt kicked until he says you need to survive so you can save trinity so you can save her and that's when he's able to activate and like causes the explosions and stuff and even in the real world like things are exploding honestly this may be something where with more viewings not that i'm going to watch it again because i want to but (laughs) like this is a sort of thing you never know (laughs) but this is the sort of thing that maybe yeah there is kind of like a a method to the madness that that kind of does work if you like think about it enough but uh it was the sort of thing where i was like but why why can't you fly still like you've got everything else is back um you know what's interesting is that he never uses a gun in this neo never uses a gun in in this film that might be a very because you know a a lot of bad things have happened in the last 20 years and i do wonder if there's an intentional choice to have neo and even trinity not look cool with a gun yeah even trinity does trinity use a gun i don't think she does i don't think so yeah, I don't think either Neo or Trinity ever use a gun. So, and, and, and oh, she does on um, Neil Patrick Harris at the end. No, wait, she doesn't. She just kicks him. Never mind. Yes, yeah, that uh, wasn't her. That yeah. So I, I would, 
I mean, I, I don't know if that's like a huge statement or just a really nice little detail, which is like, you know what? I don't want my two main characters like sort of glorifying that. I mean, even though there's lots of other characters, you know, doing a lot of slow motion gunplay and stuff. I, I think it's also just reinforcing the fact that this is not the cool Neo from the, the former Matrix. This is a very different version of him that's been sure. defeated. Sure. Uh, oh, before I forget, Christina Ricci had a cameo like earlier. Oh, yeah. Remember when we heard she was cast? I actually didn't, and to be honest, it took me because it's been so long since I've seen her in something. I'm like, is that Christina Ricci? Because I'm like, yeah, it's been, it's been like awesome. A, it's been like a decade since I saw her in something. So I'm like, is that Christina Ricci? She looks kind of like her. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it she's was. still all eyes. Oh yeah, her face. eyes like penetrate your soul. It's like, yeah, like I don't know, scary. Yeah, she's great. Um, so yeah, so the first chunk of the movie is like you know, eventually Morpheus and Bugs show up to to get to Neo and uh, they take him on a bit of an adventure they can sort of teleport through either reflections or something to get to like other so they end up in a train which is where they end up with through the little mirror um, I think they end up using doors again like in uh, this the reloaded they do that yeah they did that early on is that how they got to the train as well I can't remember yeah I think so they just okay? end up going through a door yeah because I remember them doing that because that's what when Morpheus grabs bugs for the first time he save her it's like in the key shop he kind of like right yeah. And I got really worried. See, so went into the key shop. I was like, if they bring up this key maker again, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Stupid MacGuffin bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. So, <laughs> so yeah, so so there's some like, fight, and the fighting for the most part. Like honestly, all the cool moments in the action uh, are in the trailer. It's mainly bugs doing a couple of funny jumps. Funny, not funny. Fun jumps. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's basically it. Um, little parkour moves. But, uh, you know, one thing about her, about the actress is mm-hmm. that if you close your eyes, she sounds exactly like Gemma Chen. Do you know who she is? I do know who she is. What you're saying is that she's got an English accent. She sounds, well, not just English, but like really breathy. Okay. Like they come from the same town. They must. Uh, maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> or one's just doing an impression of the other. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the last time I saw... Uh, Henwick, she was doing an American accent, if I remember right. So this is the first time mm-hmm. I've heard her with a. Well, I mean, it may not be her natural voice. I mean, because sometimes like, maybe she is doing a Gemma Chan impression. Because then. for you know, like I, I watched, of course, the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and obviously uh, Giles on that, played by Anthony Shirthead. Like when I heard him in an interview, like I was Tony Head, sure Tony Head, if you want to call him that. <laughs> but when I heard him in an interview, like eventually he sounds a lot more like uh, I don't know casual and like londoner you know whereas as giles he's putting on like a more posh like middle-aged man like i'm a, a voice of authority kind of voice but he's so, he was so good at it that i never questioned that it wasn't he's just how he speaks but then you hear him in real mm. life and he's like you know hello governor <laughs> not quite that but yeah it's closer <laughs> to that than i had originally suspected so it's, it's possible um so yeah uh, they even have a moment where they're, they're watching footage from the first movie uh from the game T- technically from the game but it's, it's the first movie <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh yes let's, let's watch some footage that is much better shot than anything in this movie that's a good idea <laughs> point out the differences <laughs> um, but uh yeah so of course they wake him up but unlike the original film when they do wake up neo in the real world um it's not in one of the farms it's like there's just two pods it's just him and trinity because they're in like a special place where they've resurrected them and we learn a bit more about this later uh but and we learn a few and there's some new things in the real world uh, before we even get to the city the new city we have uh, the fact that 
you know, we set up in the last... And one of the few things that I liked about the last movie was the idea that there's good programs. And that's, you know, what Oracle was. That's mm-hmm. what the little girl is, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the idea that some programs have actually, like, left the machine world and the machine city and come to, like, just integrate with humans. They also want autonomy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, you know, that's what um, uh, Bug says. is like, No, you, you, change, you change the definition of what our side is. It's not humans versus machines. It's, you know, free... free lives versus like the lives that are happy to be trapped in the matrix that's what it is mm-hmm. uh, and of course we also hear alternatively that neil patrick harris is so good at like controlling people and convincing them that this is what they want that the the the, the you know the, the 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 numbers of people wanting to leave are an all-time like his, his numbers are so good right no one's <laughs> yeah. leaving uh, and he's even getting more juice out of all the bodies because they're also stimulated and mm-hmm. it, even that was like i wouldn't say this is a huge theme in the movie compared to the main one that i was talking about but he does kind of touch on a couple of things there. He talks about um, using fiction to control people and how it, there has to be an element on that. And obviously that was in the first movie too, the idea that like it couldn't be perfect. There had to be some misery and some unhappiness to make it balanced. But this felt more like... This felt like how politics uses, like, you know, quote-unquote fake news to try and like drive the population to certain things. Yeah. I felt like there was a little touch of that in what he was talking about when he was saying how he was... Oh, I control the people with a bit of fiction. It's, it's kind of... Uh... It's kind of Monsters, Inc. also, where, like, we can get energy from, more energy from people if we cause yeah, yeah. them, okay, if we okay. cause, like, stimulation to where they I, are afraid or if they're in conflict. Uh, I wasn't like sure where you were going with that, but I'm impressed. That was not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a bold place to go. Where are you going with this? But not I bad. know my Disney. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they're o- they're always trying to like stimulate the minds more so like they, they want people to be uh, they, they want people to be uh, not just oppressed but like afraid and you know have these wants and desires and um, to they, they just need stimulation yeah. the brain needs to be stimulated for more energy yeah so I mean and all that stuff's fine these are all nice little details so we have actual robots who help them like robots like come and get Neo out. He actually rides like a sort of like like a, a fly robot thing <laughs> that like <laughs> takes him out. Yeah. Uh, and he's sort of like looking at this the machine city and stuff. Um, and then we also find out that the programs that are just programs, uh, they actually get to interact with the real world. Not obviously, it's like we saw Smith possess someone in like the sequels, but here they have like a nanobot thing where it all like. Well, it's the thing from the end of the third movie, right? That that face that appears. It's that technology, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. It's based, sort of, yeah. It's like a, it's based on that, yeah. Uh, so presumably the machines that defected and like came to live with the humans, they brought this knowledge and tech with them and said, hey, we can do this. What What I don't understand about it is like why they're still limited by gravity with that technology. Because you see Morpheus like mm. in that in that form, like climbing things, like he's really struggling and pulling himself up. But like you're you're just like floating bots. Like why would that be a thing? Maybe maybe you're not entirely floating. Maybe like because they still have to walk around. So maybe it is sort of based upon that they're they're all sitting on top of each other kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm not sure exactly what the rules are. Maybe, for maybe they it, all but... like because so, uh, I I think they even mentioned like magnetized at one point. So maybe they're all just like magnetic together. So that they still have to pull each other up. Like you know, maybe. When they're claiming I, I was just confused by that moment like can't you just like yeah. apparate <laughs> as, yeah. as full-bodied morpheus at the top of this thing you don't have to climb uh i mean there's an argument to be said that they, they should just like form like, more of a ball of little nanobots that roll up instead of like try to claim like a human <laughs> form but yeah. yeah maybe 
because um, there's a little bit of T1000 in a sense where like, when they form it's like it comes up out of a puddle of nanobots so mm-hmm. uh, yeah maybe there's a, a well, little yeah maybe they are limited by gravity then yeah maybe there's a little inconsistency there um but yeah so he meets the new crew and this is actually something that I wish I didn't have to complain about but I I, I need to is they introduce a whole new crew of characters on this ship and I couldn't name you one of them. Other than Bugs, obviously, who's the main one. But like, yeah, Bugs. She's ev- a good character. Every other one that they introduce you to, and there's even one that they point out is this total fan. Because when I said there's a fanboy later on, I'm not talking about this guy. There was another guy that's introduced to him in the city who becomes like the main fanboy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy on the ship who's like, oh, I'm like obsessed with your life, and like, I'm an expert. He's it's like nice a, to meet ne- you. a neologist. Or yeah, something. <laughs> they call him something with that. And it's like, okay, okay, we're setting up someone who, like, and this makes sense. It's 60 years later. There's all these people. Uh, Neo and Trinity have not aged as much as they should have, probably because they were because re- they keep being yeah. rebuilt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so it makes sense. But like, so I, I kind of like this scene because it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of like the first movie, but in a good way where it's like, okay, this is the new crew. We can get to meet these characters, get to know them. And then like, they spend so little time with them that, like, even though they're all, they, they pretty much. I can all, point them out by hairdo, but not by name. They, I mean, they pretty. Much, I mean, I don't even need to remember their names because I'm bad with names anyway. But like, just like if I could remember who's who based on their personality or like yeah. what their function is or or something, but none there, of that. There's no cipher. There's no switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they, there's like the one guy. There's the one red shirt dude in the first movie who is the most. The one with the ponytail who's the most forgettable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. everyone else, I you know, I can Steve remember. Seagal. Yeah, I can remember the look. I can remember at least something about them. Um, whereas here, it just kind of feels like. And there's a couple of scenes where like one will come and talk to Neo, where she's like, "Hey, I I was inspired by Trinity," and I'm like, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> um, she's the one with the tattoos on her chest. Yes. Yeah. But like. You know, I don't know like, anything else about her. They, 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 they don't do anything to make me care about any of these new characters. Yeah, this crew is whatever, with the exception of Bugs. Yeah, and by Bugs is fine. I have no problem with Bugs. Uh, she, she's she's like she sounds character. exactly like Gemma Chan, and she does cool parkour. That's it. Uh, at the same time, yeah, I don't think she gets enough to do to make her like a super like engrossing. Like she doesn't really have an arc or anything like that. She's just kind of there, there to serve the plot. Uh, yeah, she she's a exposition dump also. Which which is a shame, and it would be nice if one of the new characters... I mean, I get that it's always going to focus on Neo and Trinity for this movie, but mm-hmm. it would be nice if one of the new characters also got an arc, just to like sort of make them feel as important, but it never really does that, which is a shame. Yeah, um, something like uh, something like what Morpheus had in the first one. Yeah, maybe. Um, so they go to Io, right? Because Zion's not a thing anymore. Io's a city that the humans and the machines who joined up with them built together, and it's got a fake atmosphere that they've got going, and they're growing fruit using fancy tech and stuff. And How, were you glad that you didn't have to go back to Zion? Because I sort of was. I, I was. I was definitely glad of that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm glad you guys have a new thing. I'm, I'm glad there was no council. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, we did have the old age. Easily makeup. the worst part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so Naomi is in this movie as Jada Pinkett Smith, but of course, sixty years have passed and she's not been recreated multiple times. So she and she's not good at acting old. She's not. She's very distracted in this movie. It is, it's rough. It's very rough. They should have just recast, honestly. Yeah, they should have just recast (laughs) her, but they didn't want to, obviously. And she delivers a bunch of exposition. She doesn't want Neil to go back. And this is this is where some of it got really messy to me in the storytelling, Mm -hmm. because I don't think it ever clearly really explained why she didn't want Neil to like try and get Trinity, or you know, like she she said something vague about oh maybe like. It'll bring us too much trouble, but like I don't like. 
know if it really established that properly. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I, she was upset about it, and then she wasn't quite upset when they escaped. She's mad at... Uh, I don't know. She's acting like the council in the sequel, but as one person. So she's kind of got like all the perspectives <laughs> in one. She's flip-flopping between scenes just to just to go with the, whatever the plot needs of her right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and the, the funny thing about this is all as well mm-hmm. is that like they end up having to like escape with Neo to go back and try and get Trinity uh, pretty quickly. So it almost felt like we could have just not came to Io first. <laughs> well, even if after. we did, like there's no reason to have Naomi there. Yeah. So that, that was a bit weird. Because uh, they, they go back to the Matrix, obviously. They go back up in the ship. They're not supposed to, but they do it anyway. And... This is the Merovingian <laughs> rears his stupid head. He's, he's don't you love what they do with him, though? No, I hate that he's there. I don't care what they did with him. I, I love it. Him. I think it's so funny, especially like if you if you like listen to fans talk about the Merovingian, like they love him. Fans love the Merovingian because he what a bunch he, of tossers. <laughs> because he has all this like cool lore inside the matrix that you can explore if you're like a big fan of it you can like you know pick it apart and and it's almost like like lana wachowski's like oh you guys like the merovingian well we're going to turn him into a homeless person <laughs> he's going to be just and covered also, in garbage he also yells like some meta lines as well i, I, I oh totally yeah. I, I missed some of them in the first viewing but he yells something about reboots and things or something like, like i better be in the sequel or the spin-off or something yeah <laughs> uh, i thought it was funny like i i love that he's in this yeah. and that he is just total trash no, in this I, one. I think this is one of the worst scenes in the whole movie Partly because of him, partly because it's an extended action scene that's just really bad because it's just a bunch of crap fighting, and partly also because Smith just shows up and like has a like fight with Neo. That's and this is this is where it really shows just how much poorer it is the, to like the previous film, even the sequels. Is that this fight is just like it's running on fumes. Like they punch a couple of tiles off a wall to make you think it's like the old Matrix movie, but that's all. <laughs> it, that's all they do. Everything else is just like, eh. Yeah, it's. It, I can't remember the reason for him to show up in this other than to say, like, because he doesn't actually. De- no one really like defeats the other one, right? Because Smith is no. really. Smith doesn't want he, he Neo to be the, hooked up into the Matrix he again. Bla- he just blasts him away. Um, and again, I, I got a little conflicted here, not trying to understand like why he cared about him coming for Trinity because he says because basically he wants he wants revenge himself on Neil Patrick Harris because he he's the mm-hmm. new like creator that he's the new person running the, the new Matrix. architect the new, yeah. yeah for lack of a better term he's the new architect and it's like okay fair enough but I don't understand why if anything Neo try to get Trinity would distract him enough that you'd have a better chance of getting in and having your revenge yeah because he says like he doesn't want to be he doesn't want Neo to come back into the Matrix because yeah, he wants he he's only free when Neo isn't there. And he's quite ha- yeah he's quite happy to be free and like you know take over the matrix on his own. He doesn't want Neo yeah. to be around. Um, so th- all of this like just felt like big confrontation for exposition's sake, but it, it all felt a bit convoluted. I to do me. like I I like the Merovingian showing up. I like that he is just <laughs> I, I don't know like this 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 thing that you know fans love that he's been turned into something that is like what the hell is well, this? Well, as someone who <laughs> thinks the Merovingian might be 
the worst thing about Matrix Reloaded. I am delighted that he's made a joke of in this movie. Well, oh, I, I, he's also this, you know? he's also there for the meta. Like he's there to say the, you know, the the original films had class and character and one of them you know, did. The, all this new <laughs> all this new stuff is you know is is cheap and trivial and stuff like that. So he is there to to sort of you know, build on the commentary uh, of the overall theme of the film. He, he is, but I, I think he's shit enough that I would still prefer him not to be there. O- on new stuff not being good, though, see the effect on Smith. Do you see when he does that fast movement thing where he kind of shimmers? Mm-hmm. That looks so shit in this one compared oh, to it what looked, it is. I mean, it I like. thought it looked fine. Oh, no, it looked <laughs> nasty. looked terrible. Anyway. Uh, it's weird, though. That's like the only bullet time we really get, because in this film, bullet time is more... Everything's well, just slowed down. Well, yeah. Well, there's one big exception, which is in the very next scene, which is the the Trinity scene in the the garage. I mean, well, Neil pa- isn't Neil pa- that the one I'm talking about? Though, well, like when they but, just but Neil Patrick Harris even says, "I'm using bullet time against yeah. you." Isn't that ironic? But it's not like the the usual. And then Alanis Morris. <laughs> that's what she's done. She had Alanis Morris set playing when he said that. Isn't it ironic? It's like rain on your wedding day. No. no. That's not ironic. It's, just, it's unfortunate, but it's not ironic. <laughs> just, uh, it's a contrast between expectation and reality. We all know this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's, uh, this did present a plot problem for me, this next scene. So so Neo goes to see Trinity, but it turns out Trinity's not really there, or at the very least... Uh, She's there, but he's been... He, like, rewinds her or yeah, something. Yeah, so Neil Patrick Harris has a cat called Deja Vu. Get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he Deja Vu's and re- resets the scene... So Neo has to watch her walk in and then watch himself and then it ultimately ends up with this bullet time moment where the bullets, they shoots a bullet, a gun at her and the bullet's slowly going towards her and Neo's not quite quick enough to get there, right? My problem with this scene isn't necessarily the scene itself, is that it makes Neil Patrick Harris so powerful that I do not buy that he doesn't just win in every other scene after this. <laughs> I don't understand how he loses later on if he can just do this. Uh, because Agent Smith is faster. It's Agent Smith that that defeats him. I guess I don't. Know, I just but even before that though, like even before that, I'm like, why is this fight with all these guys in this coffee shop even happening? You can just rewind time. This mm-hmm. the second Trinity says something that goes against what you wanted. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has to be there. Maybe he has to be close to them. He was there. He was sitting right there with them. In the coffee shop. Yeah, in the scene oh, with okay. all the guards and like this. This. It's the big. Well, he does go into bullet time there, doesn't he? Uh, ability time doesn't isn't reverse anything, no. Okay. That scene showed that you can reverse time. That's a pretty big, powerful thing for a character to be able to do, and then I just to not so. use later. <laughs> right? Is it him or is it the cat that does it? <laughs> I mean, maybe but he had the cat to begin with, did he not? Like in the start of the scene. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, so I'm, I'm just like, it's just what it's, it's again. It's writing yourself into this corner where all, this just creates like a weird plot hole later on. Like, why isn't he just doing this immediately? The second he doesn't get his way. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, maybe you're right. I'll have to watch it again and figure it out. Don't don't be cruel cool yourself, Tara. I like the film. <laughs> don't be cruel cool yourself. It's not bad. Oh, uh, dear. Um, so, <laughs> so this is the thing. So they, they come back out and there's like very little like effort to coming back out. It just cuts to them already like on their way back to Io, or they're already on Io even, and Oh, right now, yeah, because it's a, it's a, when the other ship shows up and says, hey, like, we need to go to the Sentinels. 
So the, the Uruguay Dyer come back and get court-martialed. And Naomi's pissed. Naomi's just livid that this all happened. And then, out of nowhere, this, this big moth robot appears. And she's like, no, it's a friend. It's a friendly robot. Which, of course, it's a friendly robot. It's in the city with all the other friendly robots. Why would they all assume this and is a And it's got hostel? blue light, so we yeah. know blue is is <laughs> nice. But they, they all react as if it's like an assassination attempt or something. Like they're all ready to pull their guns yeah, at it weapons. It looks like a manta ray. And she's like, no, it's a friend. I'm like, yeah, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't you know like if a hostile robot like entered the city <laughs> by this point? Like, I don't know. Anyway, um, and it's like, no, it's a friend. And it turns out this is actually the little girl from Revolutions who's now grown up and has been a friend to the, the humans in all this time, which makes some amount of sense. Okay. This is this is where I get, things get more convoluted. Because the motivation change here for Naomi, like, I just don't get at all. So, Matrix... Uh, Matrix. Neo is like, I need to go back to the Matrix. Uh, like, basically this whole new Matrix is built upon, like, all stemming from Neo and Trinity. Mm-hmm. So he wants them back in there. And the higher-ups wanted to reboot the Matrix to its previous version, but he said, no, Neo will be back. And Neo's like, yeah, I'm going to go back because Trinity's there. Like, uh, like I'm never not going to go not go back, right? And then it turns out that this little girl's like, yeah, because my dad leaked the plans of this resurrection thing to the humans or whatever, like, like Neil Patrick Harris killed him. And because of, because of that... Uh, so she effectively just wants revenge uh, for the death of her parents. So I'm like, okay... Um, but what got me though is that when she's building up the start because you get it in two halves and the first half she's not explained her motivation yet she, and that's fine because she explains it in the second half but she says this creates a very special and unique opportunity even though it's like next to impossible and we're going to the miracle right and it cuts immediately to Naomi who has been dead set against them going back and trying to rescue Trinity and like uh, altering anything it cuts to her in front of like all the captains and being like and he's a volunteer. And like, like, and there's a bit of funny stuff with her and Bugs, but then like all the other captains volunteer as well. And she's like, like, this is a very important mission. And like, why are y'all, this is like possibly suicidal. Why are y'all volunteering for this? And it's like, because if you believe in it, then we'll do it. So it's like, okay, something's changed in Aobi's mind. Something has monumentally made her believe that they have to do this mission. And it cuts back to the meeting with her and the, the, the girl from three and Neo and Bugs and whoever. And, then she explains her motivation is well this is a chance for me to get revenge for my father and my mother's death like this is what he did to them and i got to the end of the scene and went yeah but what what changed naobi's mind what changed their mind <laughs> well what? i imagine it's just having her be involved with it is what changed her mind no so, so, so she's I, sort of like a, a new oracle like it'd be enough to change maybe a human's mind oh i don't buy it like, mm-hmm. I, I I got I was so like, especially in the second viewing because I was like oh, maybe I just missed the line maybe I just missed something and the second viewing I'm like this does not explain why she changes her mind <laughs> okay I mean I I just sort of thought well I mean she must have a lot of respect for this new oracle and so if the, this is what they want then that's going to be dare, what she wants dare I say if you cut much like Smith to a large extent barring maybe one thing at the end with the him showing up to kind of save the day uh, that you'd have to rewrite could you just cut all of Naomi's stuff out of this movie and the movie would function completely fine? <laughs> I mean, probably. I, I'm sure you can have a uh, some sort of conflict still without Naomi in the film. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's the weird thing about the, the stakes going into this final act, this big mission. Like, okay, we're going to sneak into where Trinity's been held. 
they're going to do something where they extract her in a different way where it doesn't involve a pill but to do that we have to kind of have a share of mind with someone so bugs kind of volunteers for that they never really, i mean they never really set up like the the dangers of this though they never set up like okay what will happen if, if she doesn't accept the new mind or what will happen if this goes wrong like they kind of just throw it out there that this has to happen uh, yeah, I and think don't it's, really expand on it. The danger is that if if Trinity chooses not to go, then Neo hooks back up into the Matrix, and then all is lost again. Oh no, that's not the larger scale. I'm talking specifically about this this thing where she has to sh- like go into oh, Bugs' if, mind for like right. a minute. Like, yeah, the, they say it's dangerous, but I don't they, remember what the cost might be. They don't say what the cost is. They they just kind of throw it out there, and that's my problem. Um. Like, the larger scale of it being that, yeah, okay, Neo will, like, because they're, they're basically going to kill Neo by unplugging him if, if like, rather than let him get Neo, if, if Trinity makes the wrong choice. If she says no, it doesn't want to come out. Well, That's, I thought it was that he, they're going to plug him back into the Matrix and then turn him back into Tom Anderson. And then, but if she does, then they risk um, rebooting the whole Matrix again. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think you must have understood something here. Because the whole threat is is that... Uh, they don't say this to him, obviously, but the whole plan is... is Or no, he does say it to him, sorry. Neo says to him that if you don't let us walk out of here, like, they'll unplug me and I will die. Hmm. And oh, you right. won't get me back. Like, he says that. Uh, right, and, and right. And there's even a moment where, like, one of the characters on the ship's going up to him and, like, you know, they're ready to yank the cable out. They're like, right, it's time. We need to kill Neo. Uh, so that's kind of the the threat uh, of that they're given to okay. him. I thought it was because Neil Patrick Harris needs Neo to be plugged back into the Matrix. So what what motivation does he have to go along with this plan unless he gets something out of it? The the threat is that if they attack him, then they'll pull the plug. Yes. Yes. Right. I, I because concur. yes. Okay. That's it. Yeah, so the overall goal for Neil Patrick Harris is to plug Neo back into the Matrix because he produces so much energy that run it runs the the whole like system. Well, I don't know if it's energy specifically or if it's more just that the system is built around like them kind of being at the center of it. Because um, he says something because he explains it at one point in the monologue where he's like, "Oh, like you know, if I let you and Trinity get together, it, it just created all these disastrous results. But if I let you." exist close to each other and you mm-hmm. have a little bit of temptation but you don't actually get to unite and like you know mega powers like combine <laughs> then like it's actually really good for sustaining the matrix maybe, maybe it's just pure energy but I, I got the vibe it was more i don't know maybe maybe it is energy but i i i, I thought it was something more if like ethereal than that or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, regardless i mean this is the thing this plan at the end of the movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me in multiple ways. Because at one point, so they go to the coffee shop, right? And Trinity doesn't show up, isn't shown up yet. She's going to arrive there soon. And he makes this whole thing with, with Neil Patrick Harris. He says, if you don't let us walk out, or if you attack, you know, they'll pull me out. Um, and then Neil Patrick Harris says something, well, what's to stop me if doing blah, blah, blah. And then Neil says, because this is what will happen if you don't. And then in walks like, all the, the other Matrix characters, you know, all the, all the hackers, right? And their shades mm-hmm. and stuff. And, like, almost to imply, like, well, I've got an army with me. And this is also where I went, yeah, but Neil Patrick Harris can just rewind time and, like, kill them one by one. So why, why is this? A th-? Like, I never understood that 
that part of it. I was like, this, how is, why is this threatening to him? In any way, he's too powerful for that to be a big deal. But, like, so, the biggest problem I have with the whole third act, though, is just that the stakes feel very vague in terms of, like, okay, I get that he wants Trinity back, right? And on a thematic level, I appreciate that side of it. I appreciate that this is about the creator and the passion reuniting and, like, sort of someone rediscovering their passion is kind of the, the, the core theme. That's cool. But all of the actual kind of action and what will happen to the Matrix if they do reunite and get out, like, all of it just seems to be bad for Neil Patrick Harris's control and not bad for anyone else. So the stakes, relatively speaking, feel quite small <laughs> because it's really just about him. Um, and while he's entertaining enough when he's on screen, I don't know if they ever actually set him up enough where I, I like care about beating him in the same way that Smith was such a great villain in the first movie because he was so cold. Yeah, I, I, I agree with yeah. that. I mean, it's hard to compete with Smith. Yeah, because Smith was so, such a cold character and when he... When he did sort of like kind of show a bit of personality and talked about how much he hated humans and like it did feel like really villainous and it felt like mm-hmm. oh no we have to beat him because he's basically saying we're a worthless species and like it's just almost about proving the value of humanity so it felt like a big like th- thematically yeah. a big scale but also a big scale and we're literally saving lives uh yeah was... this this villain is very much like we just want the batteries yeah yeah yeah, this is, and I, I guess yeah, it ties out the theme that he's just—he's effectively just like a this corporate douche who's got good numbers and wants to keep his mm-hmm. good numbers up. Like wants to keep his labor force, <laughs> even if it means exploitation. Yeah, but the action scene in, in the coffee shop, though, when it all kicks off, is just kind of shit because it's—it's it's like far too many people in a really confined space, and you don't really see much. <laughs> well, I like that it is smaller though. Like it's not—it's—it's it's not the big anime fights that we got in the other two sequels, especially the oh, third I, one. I, no, I agree. I don't want a big anime fight. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I mean that mm-hmm. clear. I'm—you can have a good, intimate, high-stakes fight between two people. <laughs> um. But this is like a really confined space with like 50 people in it. So it's just mm-hmm. like, a, it's it, it's enough to feel like really claustrophobic. And like when Trinity and, and Neo are actually reaching for each other, that there is, you know, resistance there. It, it's enough that you don't really, you can't really focus on anything in particular, uh, except Neo and Trinity. Like it's all just kind of a mess of bodies. Yeah, that's the important part. Um. You know, and yeah, she has her moment where she says, you know, don't call him, like, because she's actually saying no, that she doesn't believe she's Trinity, and she's walking out, and that's why they're about to pull the plug on Neo, and then, like, she, you know, I think it's the husband keeps calling her Tiffany, and she's like, don't call me effing Tiffany, <laughs> my name's yeah. Trinity, um, which, oh, okay, all right, is there an okay moment? <laughs> I like the moment. Um, but, yes, yeah, so... Sure enough, they end up going a bit of a chase where all of his goons are chasing them. You know, it's, it's the little ideas that I think I like more than anything else. Like, all of the sleeper agents all like, wake up and they're all living in the apartments across, like, around the street. Mm-hmm. So they all just start <laughs> jumping. It's jump- a fun moment, actually. Yeah, they all just start <laughs> jumping out of their windows to try and land on. They're kamikaze. <laughs> I love that the one woman who's, like, asleep with her husband and he wakes up. She's like, what's wrong, honey? And he just leaps out of the window and she's screaming. I'm so glad we got that shot in there. <laughs> it's all, I think it's almost, like, it's just a weird thing. It's going to say, like, I'm saying, like... I don't know if I associate Matrix with comedy. I agree it was funny. I don't know if I want that kind of funny in a Matrix movie, but I mean, that's like a... 
that's a wider debate. <laughs> it's a very different Matrix film. It's a very different Matrix. But I you know I, I don't I, like. I associate Matrix with being this sort of moody, like character, like coming of age, not coming of age, but like character discovery film. It's it's, it's not something I associate with being humorous. <laughs> but I mean, it was funny. Like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, so uh, most of the chase is just whatever. Like you know, like some of the some of the side characters get into a bit of trouble, so Bugs like jumps back in once they've rescued Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like helps save them, but like you don't really know any of these characters by name, barely. So it, like she hugs one, and I, I think I read a, a theory online that there might have been like a like a subplot between her and this other character, maybe romantically, and that's why it was like because she made the point of going, oh, like it was. I want to say Lexi. I want to say that was the name, but she says, oh Lexi, I saved you in the hug, and I was like, oh yes, this character who I remember so fondly from the rest of the film. Um. But maybe there was a subplot yeah. there that was meant to build them up as a either a friendship or a relationship or something. But uh, so the big climax is to get to a rooftop. There's helicopters coming after them. Neo's like bullet, like blocking them all. He's got his like force field up, and he's like, "Stop! No, 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 no! No bullets hitting us!" And then he like redirects a rocket from one helicopter to the other one, but that like knocks them across the roof. They're badly damaged. They're hurt. And it's like, well, there's only one thing we can do is jump. So they, they grab each other's hand, not knowing if they're going to survive. And they, they kiss take, first. Oh, they kiss first, sorry. And they take a leap of faith. Um, and here we have a bit of a twist, which thematically, I understand and like. Uh, plot-wise, you can kind of like establish why. Uh, but what happens is is that they're, they're falling through the air, and then they stop. But it's not Neo that's flying. It's Trinity who's like holding him up. And I love it. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I, I like it in the thematic sense because it's like, okay, the whole idea of this is that she's represents the passion of the creator, mm-hmm. and that the passion is what lets you fly, right? That's what makes you feel like you're free. Saves the, him, yeah, yeah, and it's what saves him as well. Yeah, quite right. So, uh, her, yeah, the passion saves him when he's at his lowest, and he's, he's yeah, all, all that works. That's really beautiful. I like that bit of writing. It's, it's kind of inspired. Um. Plot-wise, why can Trinity now fly and has the powers of the one? I actually did think of the answer. I think it's because, well, this new version of the Matrix is built around both of them, so theoretically yeah. she can tap into the same type of powers that he has. That works. Okay, I'll go with it. But She's it... the one. I mean, she's, well, she's, they're both the one. They're both flying at the end. I yeah, mean, she's just the, the one that's awoke, has awoken first. So, and it, it's, it kind of mirrors the, the first film. Like, when Neo dies, or when thomas anderson dies and she says you can't die because you're the one because i knew i would fall in love with the one and i'm in love with you so you must be the one Mm. and she kisses him and that's what brings him back as neo where he says you know that's my name and is able to like fully reach his potential so in this one she they kiss at the top of the building before they jump and i think that's also to, to to be the spark the uh what kicks off the her realizing who she really is would it have been nice if she didn't fully know who she was until after the kiss like i'm because i'm well I'm, i mean like maybe she she sort of believed it but she didn't really believe it until she knew she was in love with him i don't know she said you know my name's trinity like you know she's kind of and i think maybe that's part of why it feels a bit weak to me is the is the realizations of these characters because they don't immediately have questions or ask, you know, she doesn't ask about Morpheus or anything like that. She doesn't, like, say anything about, like, you know, it, 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 she just kind of goes into action mode and that's just it. Like, so we never really get a chance of insight into, like, what well, she's thinking. It, 
it's it's her kids, right? It's her kids and her husband who are like, I I just can't I can't leave them. I can't. They need me. They they need me more than you need me. And then she really. I mean, I, I, they talk about it in the beginning of the film when they first sit down and talk, um, Trinity and Neo, and she's like, I don't know, like how it happened or when I decided or even if I wanted children, but I'm I'm here and I have this responsibility. And it's prevented me from having a life. And that's, you know, yeah, the cost of having a family. But uh, yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about after she's realized who she is. We never yeah. get insight into what she's thinking or she, there's never a moment for her to reflect on any well, other it's, characters. It's just the reason any- that she says no in the beginning. She says, no, I'm not going to take the pill, the red pill. I'm going because her family are, are literally like right all, oh, no, all on know, top of I, her saying come I'm to not, us but i'm not questioning that i'm not talking about that at all i'm i'm, I'm talking about like feeling that she actually remembers anything like after all on the fact that she says she's trinity and then gets on a bike and starts like doing actiony stuff there's mm-hmm. no nothing to sort of like have a sense of like she does remember the event she does remember the the other I characters the i think it's the kiss that does it and that, she kisses she, him she because that's what the whole trilogy not, like ended up being about was about their there's, love. There's not a single hint before the kiss that she's not like completely Trinity already. I don't know. Like it's it's still. It, I, I, what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is the I more mean, the more not, let, the more, what I'm suggesting is the moment where she defies and says I'm not going with my husband. I'm going to believe in this the stranger Neo right because I feel some attachment. I'm saying. I think I would prefer that to be a bit more less certain and more of a leap of faith, and then the kiss itself can be the like I'm you know I'm I'm F and Trinity like I'm I'm back again right I know who I am I remember the events of Matrix one two three I remember dying I remember this man like <laughs> I know everything he did like I don't know I'm saying that that might I think just have worked a little bit better and selling the kiss because because you're saying the kiss is what made her realize she's the one or. Or made her believe in herself enough that, that this triggered that part of her, and I, I'm just suggesting that oh maybe you could have like really emphasized that by having it really, like there's no because there's no doubt before that moment really there's not really any doubt with her before that it's not like Neo throughout the film where he's trying to use powers and it's not working here or there or he's he's <laughs> doubting himself and saying oh maybe I can't be who I used to be like he you know he has all those moments um and then never has the and again thematically i like that it's not him that has that moment it's trinity yeah i mean they they both the sort moment. of take the leap of faith off the building together after the kiss and it's not him that is able to fully like get into it it's 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 her she's the one who's yeah, and who I like needed that. this the most and he believed in her and i like that I'm, I'm just saying that there's a lot of other better things that they could have done with her before that point like i i, I like that ending i'm saying that all right before that, there's more that you could have done with her and just, just building up to her. Like, I think that's why the first when I watched it the first time, I I, I kind of almost just sort of went, oh, really? Like, and not because I didn't like the idea of Trinity getting the powers, but just because I didn't feel like the movie built up to it. Like, I didn't feel like it built up to, like, swerving. His, and part of it is because, well, she, her snippets and the themes are great because of what she represents. And I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of her to really build her own character arc per se in the film as much as Neo because she is kind of like I always say a plot device, but she is like the person who is at a distance who we're trying to get to. So there's not as much of her. Yeah, we spend all the time with yeah. Neo. So we don't really get a chance to get, like sort of go through an arc with her in the same way that we do with the protagonist, and that presents some interesting problems. Which is, I guess, why I'm saying that I almost would have liked a bit more time between like her yeah. switching to like working with Neo. 
and then like going through a little bit of like maybe some doubt and then like having herself be asserted by his support because like i say one of my, I, I do one think of my favorite that she lines, wants it more though what, what, one of my favorite lines in the film like i said is when neo says it's my turn to believe in her so yeah. i would have liked that to have played out in those like scenes building up to her like you know achieving this like new power like okay okay you know that I- kind of idea Sure. I, I do think that she wants it more, though, because like, even though we don't follow her character, we follow Neo. Every time they interact, she is at a low point and she she wants something more. She wants what she sees in the video game. She wants she wants everything to be real. And we don't really get that as much from Neo. Neo is always resistant. So I do think it makes sense that she's the one that gets, you know, that triggers these powers that she that Neo has in the first film. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, I, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think there's good ideas in here and I really like the, the, the core theme that it's playing with. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's all execution. It's, it's all execution and some of it's like just, you know, mediocre directing, mediocre action, like a lot, a lot of these more technical things. Uh, but as far as the script goes, I think it's like getting a better sense of like what what she's going through like if you if you if you were going to like cut out things like Naomi, you're going to cut out things like Smith. What I would add more time to is the period of time between her saying either I am Trinity or that I am going to go with Neo to the point where she unlocks her powers. Like get give her a little bit of something in there, give her a little bit of an arc where it's not just an action scene. There's a, there's actually some growth or some like understanding of. It sort of like feels like it's a payoff as opposed to because my first viewing it did feel out of nowhere. And thematically, it worked for me much better in the second time because I had time to think about the themes. I had time to think about how it fits mm-hmm. with what the story was doing uh, with Neo and Trinity. But that first time, I, I did kind of like react a little bit more. Oh, this feels kind of random. And like, why? Um, and it really was, you know, so I'm glad I did watch it twice because it did lead to a better appreciation of why that does happen. But uh, but again, that's something where I think a better script would have solved that on a first viewing. Like, I think that's that is a I think that well I do like what it does. I think it's a fault of the film that I didn't get the point in the first viewing. Okay. <laughs> well, we've reached the end. I'm I'm sorry that you want me to not be so negative, but like if, if the, oh I knew you would be. It's I, 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 like if the movie if the movie's not that good, I have to like I'm not gonna lie. Well, I'm not gonna lie either, and I'm gonna say it's actually it's a pretty good film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay uh, well it's not quite the end we have one one more important scene okay because yeah, i suppose so yeah i mean kind of glossed over smith like showing up and like shooting neil patrick harris and then he, he is the deus ex machina and then he just leaves yeah, yeah. stop saying just he keeps saying that as if it's a big deal it doesn't matter well like, i mean it's just is <laughs> it's just clever it's not clever it's cheap it's a cheap he's the ghost in the machine and he's the one who's the most ghost like because he can still go into people's bodies this is richard kelly writing donnie darko intelligent he's like oh he he, he runs a company called deus ex machina and he's going to be the deus ex machina <laughs> i thought it was all right <laughs> i don't like donnie darko how dare you <laughs> i know that's why I, that's why i picked that blade because <laughs> i knew it would stab deep what? Why do you want to cut me? <laughs> I thought way. we were friends. <laughs> it's only a metaphorical cutting, that's all. <laughs> <laughs>
No real cut. Anyway, so yeah, he, he he can like transform it into someone else. He just leaves. So what's funny is that Lana Wachowski said repeatedly that she doesn't want to do it anymore, and this is a standalone film. And I feel like this ending like leaves it so open for so many sequels. <laughs> but no, I I don't think so. It kind of does. Like you, you got Smith still out there. You got all these new characters you could expand yeah, upon. But Smith doesn't want to be involved. He's he's good. Like his motivation hey, yeah, in this film is to be free, and he's free at you, the end. You do not need to convince that of me. I didn't want him to be back for the second movie. Never mind the fourth <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So so they show up so that they can beat up Neil Patrick Harris. Trinity kicks off his jaw, which was foreshadowed earlier on the film, and she they, they also basically kills him by like kicking his head off and then like just yeah, snaps her fingers. Yeah, she has like the. Uh, he has the ability to rewind that he did. I don't know if it was rewind powers or more just like she can recreate them like instantly and just put them back together. But maybe you're right. Maybe it was rewinding. I thought it was kind of a rewind thing. I, I, I thought... Yeah. I, I, well, because they, they say they're going to go remake the world. So I just got the impression they could control everything in it. So I, I, yeah, that maybe. includes him. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, basically says, yeah, we're going to go and recreate the world. And, um, you know, you gave, us a, full of rainbows. you gave us a second chance. And... We get a stupidly cheesy shot of them flying together and like sort of holding hands and spinning around, which was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I mean, it ends the way the Matrix ends, but it's both of them this time. And they're in love. You could have had them flying side by side. The, the, the spinning around holding hands was a bit much. It was a bit cheesy. <laughs> okay, it was sure. just a bit cheesy, all right? I, I think that's, that's the thing. I, I don't know if like other people were like sort of reining them in on the first Matrix, and that's why the Matrix ended up being as good as it was, because there was someone saying, no, this is too far, or this is... But... Sorry. <laughs> but, the, like, all, all the sequels have, like, do go a bit too anime and a bit too cheesy at times. Uh, that's one less so on the anime front, but... Oh, I, yeah, I don't think so at all. But, like... I, I still feel, feel some of the story in there is a, is a bit, you know, a bit cheesy and schlocky. It does make me think of their other works that, that aren't The Matrix. You know, it makes me think of, you know, the, the first episode of Sensei that I watched or, uh, or God, what was that one? Wasn't um, Tom Hanks. Sensei the, uh, oh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, that's the one, yeah. I haven't seen that one either. Which, which basically, like, and it, it hurts me to say this because, as like I say, I like the core themes, but ultimately it still sounds like a lot of drivel, the movie, and that's how I felt about Cloud Atlas. This is a lot of pretentious drivel, without backing it up, and this gets closer to backing it up, but it still doesn't quite do it, unfortunately. So, um, I would say that this is an interesting mess of a film that is not good. It like, tries to re- rebel against like a lot of what Hollywood is doing. But just ends up doing a lot of it anyway. Um, you know, intentional satire or not, it doesn't necessarily work just because you're saying it's satire. <laughs> so, yeah, I've said my piece. You can, you can, uh, you could, you can go with a positive. You can end in a positive note if you wish. Feel I free. think I will. Yeah, because I have free will, and I'm able to do what I want. I never meant to suggest otherwise. Well, yeah, it's a Matrix thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, Neil Patrick Harris, how dare you? <laughs> I think, uh, I yeah, obviously you're going to be skeptical when you hear about Matrix Four. What the hell do you do with a Matrix Four plot after Neo and Trinity have been killed? Don't, <laughs> in make, the don't last make it. Film. That's what you do. <laughs> and I think doing the meta angle was very clever, and I actually really enjoyed 
the film and i i do like i do like these two characters and i i, I like them together and i like them in this movie so uh i'm overall i'm pretty positive on it i don't know what my rating would be in a couple more watches or if i'm able to like really decipher the the other things that are happening in this film i think there is a lot of layers in it and i'd like to know more i would love to watch it with a commentary from the director so i am going to give it a seven i like the film good job all right so that's the this is a frustrating one. I mean, if nothing else, I'll, I'll give it this. It was an interesting conversation. There was things to talk about. There was ideas. And I do think the core theme is strong. But I do think the execution of the everything else as a movie is really lackluster. And it looks very generic. The action is TV quality most of the time. And, and sub-TV, honestly. I mean, these days you get some really good action on TV shows. So... I, I, I think on every other level, I think there's characters you can cut out. E- even even New Morpheus, to be honest. Like, I don't know if he adds a whole lot to the movie, other than just looking kind of cool and having a couple of funny moments. Like, he does look cool. You know, like, he has a moment where it's like, okay, to wake Neo up a bit and get him used to the Matrix again, like, we'll, we'll put him in a, a Kung Fu Dojo training program for a minute, and I'm like, this is just... This is just nostalgia. This is, this, <laughs> that, this is just reaching through the screen and, like like fondling all the fans that's what this I, is i think well i think that's on purpose i think that's supposed to be there to make fun of it it's very much like the last jedi when when it opens up with luke skywalker holding the lightsaber and everyone's going what's he gonna do with it and he just throws it over the edge of the cliff I mean, you can say that, but it doesn't make it any more entertaining to what I, I still had to sit through it i didn't think it was enjoyable it was pretty fun uh, I, you know, I, it was one of those things where I'm just like, I, I don't care about you, you fighting each other like this. This is this is just a a lackluster reference to the first movie, and even if that's the point, just about waking him up. That's all. But even if that's the point, it doesn't make it any more entertaining to watch. Like you have to, the idea can be there, but you have to marry it with the execution that makes it work. <laughs> all right, what are you gonna rate this thing? Um, yes, and yeah, I would cut it in the OB. I would or old age makeups. I mean, it's not the worst looking, but it's distracting, and she's not good at pretending. She's to be just old. not good at acting old. Yeah. Um, and there's a few, there's a few other like acting moments here or there uh, that, that I thought was a bit rough. So, um, yeah, five out of ten. Okay. Which which is higher than the previous two sequels? Yeah, <laughs> so, I think it's the best of the sequels. So five out of ten is the best. Go- that said, though, I still wouldn't recommend watch. I wouldn't recommend watching any of the sequels. Watch the original Matrix. Forget about the rest. Your life will be better for it. They're not worth it. The the rest are all just tacked on expansion fan fiction. The first movie is the only one that matters. Forget the rest. Just like Tremors. I don't know, Tremors It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Tre- Tremors 2, it's uh, worth your Sequels time. are just tacked on. I mean, they are, but <laughs> that's a movie about <laughs> monsters jumping up and trying to eat people. It's harder to like ruin that <laughs> in quite the same way. All right, so oh, we're done. Uh, but actually, before we wrap up, did you see the post-credit scene? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yes, the the brainstorming team suggests that they should make the cat tricks because the internet loves cat videos. Yeah, it's also kind of another little satire of just useless point <laughs> post-credit scenes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I love the aim in the movie. I, I just wish that the, the talent was there to actually back it up. 
because it wasn't. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Wachowskis haven't made a good movie since The Matrix. Not really. So, uh, although with the asterisks, I've not seen Jupiter Ascending yet. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, pretty good. All right. So coming next week, we got uh, Damnation Alley. Uh, so look forward to that. Back to the 70s season. We've got two more 70s movies. Uh, that was the vote winner. So we'll get to that next week. Uh, bonus movie will be sometime soon for patrons as well and YouTube well actually just patrons YouTube members will get it eventually but they're catching up by getting old patron episodes uh, so Tara you have to post mm-hmm. for the thumbnail so uh, do your best uh, matrixy pose if you've got any sunglasses or maybe a shiny coat they can put on something I don't know alright Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> I think the only problem with that is is that you're leaning back so much to get your hand in that your hand is perfectly lit and your face is like in the darkness. <laughs> you can work with it. So sure. Sure, I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> But yes, uh, that has been The Matrix Resurrections. Let us know what you think of the movie. Comments, like, subscribe, ding the bell. All those things help on YouTube a lot. Rate us five stars and give us a review on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts from. All these things help us out a bunch and support the content and keep it all coming. As does, of course, giving us money. And where can they do that, Tara? Uh, yeah, if you enjoy our reviews, please check out the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little one dollar per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of the Ace, so you can finally find out what we think of all those Tremors sequels because we're going through them, and we've got a whole back catalog of other films, usually B movie caliber or sequel caliber, that don't belong on the main channel. And if you in- donate five dollars per month, you will get to vote on what we watch once a month, and you'll get access to these episodes a day early thank you very good thank you <laughs> i like how you say thank you to me the same way you say thank you to the audience after you've done the plug <laughs> thank you ah, that was different you've lost it now <laughs> there we go that is the episode uh hopefully you've enjoyed that uh obviously december was a bit weird for the schedule but we should be back to a nice consistent weekly show now um so next up damnation alley uh, and then final 70s movie after that and then we'll get into uh some uh, stuff afterwards which we have some of it decided we have some of it not decided and mm-hmm. you know, here's to a, a bright this is the last episode of 2021 i think it'll be out in time for that so whoa here's to a good 2022 well, thank you for enjoying the show throughout 2021 uh obviously it's been another fairly rough year uh on a you know, wide scale. Uh, so hopefully we've helped yep. distract you a little bit from your worries and your, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Responsibilities. Yeah, the the, the T virus. Just the, uh, the Resident Evil reference. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it. I was, I was, I was, I was just, uh, you know. Yeah. I went to see the Resident Evil movie a few weeks ago. It was on streams with Tim, and it's just it's just funny given the world that we're in right now. Like all the characters are we need to stop the T virus from breaking out. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, <laughs> this is too relatable right now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer. Add salsa.